people see when they look at me is blonde hair and big boobs. Legally Blonde is about a pernicious form of discrimination in our society, anti-blonde bias. There's nothing I love more than a dumb blonde with daddy's plastic. While the movie's use of the term prejudice in relation to blondes is a little flippant. You know, until this day, I'd held the highest opinion of redheads as a fellow hair minority group. It's interesting to look more deeply at why a woman like Elle Woods might face contempt just for looking the way she does. Did you see the icky brown color of her hair? So? Now you discriminate against brunettes? Why shouldn't I? I'm discriminated against as a blonde. So let's dig into the cultural origins of the assumptions Elle battles to find what's behind the blonde stereotypes. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to get notified about all of our new videos. Where does the idea of the dumb blonde come from? What's the big idea? Am I dumb or something? The first known dumb blonde in entertainment can be found in an 18th century French play called Les Curiosités de la Foi. The character was inspired by a French courtesan, Rosalie Duthay, who was widely believed to be both beautiful and dumb. She didn't even talk much, so the literal sense of the word dumb also applied. Most of our modern-day perceptions of blondes, though, come from Hollywood. Why not be a blonde and see? A lady Claire all blonde. Besides, blondes do have more fun. When Jean Harlow came on the scene as the star of Platinum Blonde in 1931, As a special favor to me, you won't print that story, will you? You know something, lady? If you sold life insurance, I'd go for a policy in 60 seconds. Followed by Bombshell in 1933. Mmm, that smells good. I just love baked potatoes, don't you? She popularized the bleach blonde hairstyle and helped birth the persona of the blonde Bombshell, a woman with pure primal sex appeal, uncomplicated by very many thoughts. I was reading a book the other day. Reading a book? Sexy blondes went on to dominate Hollywood in the 40s and 50s. I'm terribly sorry to bother you, but I forgot the key to my front door, so I had to ring your bell. I feel so silly. It's perfectly all right. Annette Coons, the women's companion to international film, identifies three key blonde stereotypes that eventually emerged in film. One, the ice-cold blonde. Think Hitchcock blondes like Grace Kelly and Kim Novak. Two blonde hair always looks like a woman's trying to attract the man. Two, the blonde bombshell. Three, the dumb blonde. What's the matter with you anyway? I'm not very bright, I guess. I'm just dumb. If I had any brains, it wouldn't be on this crummy train with this crummy girl's band. These types are distinct, but they're also connected. All three turn the blonde into an object who is at once idolized and seen as less than human. My legs look so terrible without stockings. As Kuhn notes, the mysterious ice-cold blonde is typically hiding something under her innocent veneer, so there's a sense that the blonde is not to be trusted. Oh, you're that type. What type? Honest. Not really. The blonde bombshell, whose sexuality, Kuhn writes, is explosive and available to men, though often at a price, turns the blonde into a raw, inhuman creature. Tu ferais pas une bonne épouse? J'aime trop m'amuser. 
Joli comme tu es, c'est normal. And a prize to be bought. Don't you know that a man being rich is like a girl being pretty? You might not marry a girl just because she's pretty, but my goodness, doesn't it help? And the dumb blonde shares the bombshell's animal sexuality, matched with an exaggerated denseness, which is often carefully cultivated to appeal to men. I can be smart when it's important, but most men don't like it. Many classic Hollywood actresses who played the dumb blonde, like Jane Mansfield and most famously Marilyn Monroe, were in fact very smart. And more recent incarnations of the trope, like Pamela Anderson, Jenny McCarthy, Paris Hilton, and Jessica Simpson, who have all channeled this persona in a mix of fictional or semi-fictional and supposedly real performances of themselves. Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? I know it's tuna, but it, it says chicken. I don't what know. What is Walmart? It's like they sell wall stuff. Are making a calculated decision that suggests a savvy marketing brain. I think just from doing that show for so long, I was playing this character as an airhead for five years on TV that people assume that's how I am in real life. Mm. But um, I wouldn't have got this far being a dumb blonde. Even as blonde jokes became a staple in our culture. What's the first thing a blonde does in the morning? Goes home. Numerous cultural creators since the 1950s have cleverly satirized, questioned, or inverted tired blonde stereotypes. And here you thought I was just another bubble-headed blonde bimbo. Well, the joke's on you. I'm not even a real blonde. Madonna claimed blonde sexuality as an empowering force through her Blonde Ambition Tour, and she celebrated Gentlemen Prefer Blondes in the video for Material Girl. Buffy the Vampire Slayer subverted the image of the popular blonde cheerleader by giving her the after-school activity of saving the world from the undead. Spell it out for me. I feel an attack of dumb blonde coming on. Arrested Development poked fun at the vacant blonde through a Charlize Theron character who's actually mentally handicapped. But this goes unnoticed because the people she meets are so primed to see her simple mind as a part of her blonde charm. Instead of making houses, maybe you should make land on the ocean. You are brilliant. Yeah, she wasn't. Within this body of revisionist blonde culture, Legally Blonde is perhaps one of the best and most coherent takedowns of the anti-blonde tradition. Ew, how did you know that Chutney was lying? Because she's brilliant, of course. The movie could reasonably be titled Revenge of the Dumb Blonde. I changed my mind. I'd pick the dangerous one because I'm not afraid of a challenge. Culturally, Elle also represents a more particular version of the dumb blonde trope, the 80s and 90s Valley Girl. Like another underestimated blonde, Cher from Clueless, So I figure these grades are just a jumping off point to start negotiations. Elle is a response to cultural contempt for valley girls, and that's brought out in the movie's emphasis on how East Coasters look down on this California casual personality. Well, East Coast people are different. The people here are so vile. Hardly anybody speaks to me. And its choice to make the initial villain a Connecticut wasp. Warner told me all about you. You're famous at our club. Valley Girl-esque blondes were criticized for their superficiality and love of shopping. I love that restaurant. I heard Madonna went into labor there. Oh my gosh, I have to go shopping. Spa, uh, isn't that kind of like your mothership? They were perceived as empty and brain dead. You think that's all I do? I'm just a ditz with a credit card? But Ellen Cher reveal that resentment for their kind betrayed a deeper disrespect for teen girls and a cultural movement to belittle them. I think that I remember Hamlet accurately. 
<laughs> well, I remember Mel Gibson accurately. He didn't say that. That Polonius guy did. Long before the blonde came to Hollywood, blonde stereotypes have been around in some form for so long that the roots can be nebulous to trace. According to Victoria Sharrow's Encyclopedia of Hair, there are historical precedents linking blondness to promiscuity. In the Roman Empire, prostitutes frequently wore blonde wigs or had dyed blonde hair. She writes that up through the 1300s in Europe, people saw blonde hair as provocative, and that artists have often painted sitting seductress Eve as a blonde and the Virgin Mary as a brunette. Cheryl also gives some broad reasons why blonde hair may have historically been considered attractive in European culture. Coming from recessive genes, it's less common than brown hair and therefore became more sought after. It evokes gold and light, both classic objects of desire, and it's linked to youth, which is to this day prized in women as a signifier of fertility. On the subject of youth, TV Tropes even writes that the idea that blondes are less smart could come from, quote, the fact that some Caucasian children have blonde hair that darkens as they grow older, and hopefully wiser. A key point that comes through in all these wide-ranging explanations is that there is a long-standing perceived connection between blonde hair and attractiveness. So really, the negative narratives about blondes are negative propaganda about attractive people. But why is our culture concerned with tearing down pretty women? We have Bethany Whisper in our locker room. Oh boy, I guess they do uh, airbrush out the tattoo, don't they? To answer this question, we need to look no further than our culture's favorite recurring rivalry, the blonde versus the brunette. Examples abound, from Archie Comics' Betty and Veronica, A blonde girl, a raven-haired girl, and the luckiest red-headed boy in the universe. To classic TV shows like Three's Company. You know, I've always been partial to blondes. That's nice. Dynasty, 90210. Which do you think guys like best on girls, long or short hair? Mm, that's a deep question. Personally, I prefer blondes. Really? And Dawson's Creek. Do you like the blonde or do you like the brunette? To more modern incarnations in The Office, Suits. Blonde or brunette? Dexter or Gossip Girl. You're for another cat fight? In Legally Blonde, the battle waged by Ellen Vivian exemplifies this blonde-brunette dichotomy, which Warner frames as a Marilyn Monroe versus Jackie Kennedy situation. If I'm gonna be a senator, well, I need to marry a Jackie, not a Marilyn. This exercise of lumping women into two categories along these lines is incredibly common in our culture. Jackie Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe. Every single woman is one of them. Watch this. Jackie. Marilyn. Sometimes the blonde is more down-to-earth. Of course I love you, Betty. But I can't give you the answer you want. While the brunette is more exotic. My mom and I just moved here, so. From where? New York. Wow. While in Warner's Marilyn-Jackie dichotomy, the blonde is sexy and fun. Do you remember when we spent those four amazing hours in the hot tub after winter formal? Yeah, no. While the brunette is smart and serious. Do you think it's acceptable that Ms. Woods is not prepared? No. 
Crucially, more often than not, the reason the blonde and brunette are at odds is that they're fighting over a man. At first, Elle and Vivienne buy into this whole blonde-brunette narrative too, and fittingly, they see themselves as competitors for a guy. In reality, though, their feud isn't about Warner himself, it's all about the ring. She's got the six-carat Harry Winston on her bony, unpolished finger. Vivian flaunts the ring in front of Elle. I'm his fiance. and Elle stares at it, motivated to rise to the challenge. The emphasis on the ring underlines that these women aren't acting out of love. They're chasing the prize that their culture has told them represents the heights of their womanly ambition. In the end, both women realize they're not each other's enemies or opposites. I still can't believe you didn't tell Callahan the alibi. It's not my alibi to tell. I know. And I thought that was very classy of you. They're more alike than they are different, and they're both out of Warner's League. You are the girl for me. I've waited so long to hear you say that. But if I'm going to be a partner in a law firm by the time I'm 30, I need a boyfriend who's not such a complete bonehead. It's no accident that they were made to think that they had to tear each other down. As long as exceptional women believe their ultimate purpose is to bag a guy like Warner, this keeps the Warners on top and all women down. Did you ever notice how Callahan never asks Warner to bring him his coffee. I mean, he's asked me at least 10 times. And that brings us to an important point that Legally Blonde reveals, that blonde stereotypes and the blonde-brunette rivalry are fundamentally forms of sexism. Refinery29 wrote, quote, the dumb blonde trope has morphed into the beauty and brains dichotomy. Rachel, you are a beautiful woman and you can do whatever you want. Beautiful, not smart. And at its core, the blonde versus brunette rivalry externalizes this competition between beauty and brains. And they say you can't be pretty and smart. The false narrative that a woman must have only beauty or only brains is a tactic to limit her potential, pigeonholing her into only one avenue of power. One of the key episodes in the movie is when Elle's Professor Callahan makes a pass at her. I'm a man who knows what he wants. And I'm a law student who just realized her professor is a pathetic asshole. This event uncharacteristically does make Elle doubt herself. Turns out I am a chip. To the point that she almost gives up on law school altogether. And we're trying to be something that I'm just... Just not. Why does this one instance of yet another sleazy guy so get to her when she brushes off other attacks that, at first glance, seem just as hurtful? Thanks for inviting me, girls. This party is super fun. Right before Callahan hits on Elle, he delivers a speech complimenting her on her performance in the internship. She finally feels that her mind and hard work are being validated. You gained the client's trust and kept it. That's what makes a great lawyer. But after he reveals his sexual agenda... You're a beautiful girl. So everything you just said? All his words ring false. Callahan never saw me as a lawyer. He just saw me as a piece of ass. Just like everybody else. She's hurt because she's trusted this person in a position of power to evaluate her inner worth as a budding lawyer. Yet he reduces her to a purely sexual identity, just as so many before him have dismissed her. So if this symbol of authority, of making it as a lawyer, is just as bad as the rest of them, then what's the point of even trying to prove herself in a world that just can't see what's most valuable within her? No one's ever gonna take me seriously. Elle finds that no matter how many credentials she earns. Wait, am I on glue or did we not get into the same law school, Warner? She's still dismissed due to her blondness. 
You're not smart enough, sweetie. I'm never going to be good enough for you, am I? I will not be outmaneuvered by this silly little blonde. Legally Blonde isn't the story of Elle realizing her own worth. It's the story of the rest of her society catching up and coming around to seeing what she already knows. I'll show you how valuable Elle Woods can be. Ironically, star Reese Witherspoon has said she's faced the same sort of typecasting in her acting career, being told she wasn't smart enough and couldn't handle more complex roles due to her blondness. And due to the perception that she plays likable characters, Elle Woods being a prime example. We don't want to see Reese curse. Mm. We don't like to see Reese do anything. She, like she's likable, so she would never like have sex with a merry man or anything like that. In a in a, in in this course of storytelling, it always like cuts your character down to nothing. Legally Blonde reminds us that, whether you're a blonde or any other kind of person, being crippled by others' knee-jerk assumptions about you takes a real toll. So if there's any lasting lesson Elle Woods can teach society, it's that it's time, once and for all, to stop judging each other by our covers or our hair colors. And remember, you are beautiful. How do you think I'd look as a blonde, you know? Hmm, I'm not sure you can handle it. Hi guys, it's Susanna and Deborah, and we are The Take. If you like what we're doing and you're new here, please subscribe.